Hey everyone, this is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. This week's episode is brought to you by WinView Games, the nation's sports prediction leader and home for pre-game and live prop contests. You can play against your league mates, you can play against your family, play against your friends, you can even play against your co-host, and finally settle the debate on who knows their stuff best. This week, we're going to be covering the Thursday night showdown of the Dallas Cowboys versus the New Orleans Saints. Go to winview.tv slash doc and get $100 matched on your first deposit. That's $100 matched on your first deposit. Head over to winview.tv slash doc and get that money. Let's get you these wins. Tate, how are you? It's week 13. How did we get here so quickly? So I expect to be addressed as your grace after you <laughs> after you crowned me king of prop game analysis. So that's <laughs> I was just waiting for it. I you didn't. It's I'm okay. sorry. It's I didn't have time. time to cut a new intro video for you that cited quotes from Braveheart and all these fun things that we love. So sorry. That was on me for not properly rolling out the red carpet. But yes, you're amazing at uh, prop games. And uh, you do have a monkey knife fight article that comes out every week on drroda.com that everyone should check out. It's a fantastic article. So thank you. Thank you. It, Did that make up for it? Did that make up for it? Yeah, kind of. Um, like I said, I, I, I want you to send me a crown for for Christmas because you're the only you're the only chance I have, uh, unless I buy myself one and crown myself king. I'll do it in front of my daughter. Anyway, uh, I'm fantastic. I can't believe we're in week 13. And so I don't know about you, but I have one league that's in the playoffs. Okay, uh, and then like a handful of other ones that still have two weeks of the regular season to go. Like. I don't know how it is for you, but that extra week of regular season action has the fantasy formats of how and when the fantasy playoffs are all over the place. I, I, I mean, we both have so many leagues and we have a couple leagues together. So I have literally run the gamut on either I'm starting playoffs next week or I have one week or I have two weeks. I have three weeks. It's all a big just mix, and it's kind of hard to keep up with. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just, you just play to win the game every week. And that's kind of just the mindset I have to have because I'm like, we're just, we're just playing to win. We're just playing to win. Check it. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Because if I overthink it, then I'm just going to, like, lose my mind on how many playoff contingency things could be happening. Right. And you don't want to like when you're originally having your fantasy draft um, on, on draft day, you don't want to allow bye weeks to have a significant impact on no. who you're taking because you want their production for the entire season. If you're high on a guy, you're high on a guy. Take them. Yeah. But I mean, think about it, though. If you're in week 13 right now and you drafted Nick Chubb in, in the first round, you're without him this week. And yeah. there's a handful of other teams that are on a bye. Yeah, it's Packers are on a bye, team. Titans, Panthers, Browns are on a bye. Right, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams. You know, yeah, there's some big-name players at the top of your draft board, potentially, that are going to be unavailable. So I, I've learned some things this year, Sam. I'm just saying okay. I'm already thinking, you know, thinking back, you know, to, to August. You know, hairline was a little bit further down even this year in 2021. It's you know, it's fine. Uh, you, you know, that's that's my own problem. But speaking of which, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and I mean, really, and it's just the the injuries continue to pile up. Uh, and by yeah. the way, can you go ahead and change our lower third? I can't do it. You're running oh. my board. Uh, it's All okay. Right. I mean, it is. I, I am Tater. You are Samantha. Our whole. I'm. I'm just wondering. My bad. 
Wait, did I do it? Yeah. You did. You did. <laughs> no, my screen's on a delay sometimes. So that's why I'm like, I'm always like pausing an extra second because I just want to make sure that it went through. Um, yeah. No, that was, you know, just fun stuff with StreamYard. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, it's just, it's frustrating when you're looking at projected, like, and we're going to talk probably more specifically about running backs to start off the first half of the show. But when you're looking at who is the top end of the board right now, even to have confidence going into who you're starting this week, you're shaky because there's so many questionable players or players that are dealing with a quarterback shift. Like Saquon Barkley is going to have Mike Glennon under center this weekend. I mean, maybe that doesn't affect him so much. Maybe it does, but that's still, you've just got all these kind of wild things that are thrown into the mix. And it's very frustrating to be setting these lineups. Yeah. When you're taking a look at even the consensus top, three players heading into fantasy drafts, at least at the running back position, depending on your format, whatever, you know, not going to get into that. But the top three running backs generally consisted of Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry, right? So that's where I'm kind of thinking, wow, just to kind of take a look at the fact that the top three running backs are like all unavailable and have missed a significant amount of time by week 13, just to go, just goes to show you how, you never know what's going to happen any fantasy season. And certainly 2021 has been more of the same. That being said, yeah, there's a lot of people that have to pivot in week 13, like Ross type pivot from friends. <laughs> no, literally pivot. Like this is like a very intense moment for everyone having to pivot. Let's talk a little bit about the, I want to talk about the top five running backs and this isn't, I'm not going to say this is the main order. I know everyone, you know, has, is very reliant upon that. These were my top five guys going into the season, but this was kind of the consensus top five running backs going into the season, all of which deserve this to be part of this conversation in terms of having to pivot or having a question mark um, going into this week, but also finishing out the season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey at the top of that list. We obviously know he is not going to be finishing this season. He is out for the season talking about him and his backup Chuba Hubbard, who, has not really filled in those shoes. And I do know he's got very big shoes to fill, but how, how disappointed were you if you had him in any leagues that you took him so early and you obviously did not get the Christian McCaffrey you'd been hoping for. Two years in a row. Devastated. I mean, he's number one overall. I would say in 90% of drafts I've participated in, at least he was 100% of the, the number one running back off the board. Um, yeah. He was always the top guy because I play in predominantly all PPR leagues. And McCaffrey, every time he's healthy, has a chance to catch 100 passes every single season that he's available um, for every game. But the point is, he's starting to show some signs of, of wear and tear, and he has not been able to stay healthy. And, and you know, you got to point back to, I forget exactly what week it was. I think it was like week three or something where McCaffrey kind of did that, like kind of, you know, high step, sutter step, uh, and then ended up like pulling his hammy. Yeah. And now he hasn't been right all year. And, and last yeah. year it was an ankle injury and, you know, he just hasn't been able to, he, that durability that we saw in college and through the beginning parts of his career has come not question. It's now it's coming to question. Now you got to ask yourself, is he really like the number one, dynasty running back anymore i think he's easily been surpassed by jonathan taylor definitely um, yeah so i mean it, you know it's unfortunate though because chuba hubbard you said i don't know what size shoe Kristen mccaffrey wears but <laughs> chuba hubbard's foot 
is definitely not Cinderella in this case because it does not fit. That thing is, is way too big and Hubbard can't quite fill the shoes quite yet. No, and I think that, you know, the Carolina off offense as a whole, they've pivoted as well. They brought back Cam Newton, which was great. Not now, now it's not, not so great off of last week, but they're still working through so many things. And I think a lot of it, you know, without Christian McCaffrey being their number one guy, everything kind of falls to pieces because he, he takes so much of the lion's share of touches and targets. And he's just so utilized all across the board. I think that they just leaned so hard on him that he's crumbled under all of that in a way. And the rest of the team is just having to fill in the blank and they just cannot do that. It's very, it's very frustrating. Um, Injuries make cowards of us all. Um, and, and, no, in all seriousness, I mean, good, yeah. you know, McCaffrey is not his fault. It's no. not that he doesn't take care of his body. I mean, look at, I mean, look at these guys. They all, all NFL players in today's day and age mostly have someone that handles or at least contributes to their nutrition, what they do on a week or on a day-to-day -day basis to take care of their bodies because that's their investment. That's their car, so to say, to be able to, to, you know, navigate their, their NFL journey and basically maximize their earning potential, you know, while they're able to play a professional sport at the highest level. So yeah. it's not that McCaffrey doesn't take care of himself. It's just, you know, he's had a couple soft tissue issues and, you know, had some ankle issues as well. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's that Carolina offense, though, in particular. McCaffrey's one of the best weapons in the league, Sam. I mean, one of the best offensive weapons, like period, yeah. not just yeah. not just, not just in the back. position. Right. I mean, he's one of the best weapons that you have to account for and defenses have to account for. And when you don't have that, yeah, your, your offense is going to be sporadic to say the best, uh, you know, best case scenario. And that's exactly even with Cam Newton and what he can still contribute as a dual threat quarterback. The Panthers are going to be a little volatile as far as what they're able to produce, in particular with McCaffrey now on the shelf for the rest of the year. On the shelf for the rest of the year. I mean, if you had him and you were dealing with him being out through weeks uh, four through eight, you obviously had to find other running backs to fill in that spot for you if you didn't have Chuba Hubbard, and hopefully you did. Um, he only had four weeks. We had over 20 fantasy points anyways when he was starting, um, which that's what you lean on when you draft someone like him. I think for me, when I go into next season, and we can talk a little bit about draft strategy before we finish and uh, move on to the – to the Thursday night matchup. But I mean, for me, it, this puts McCaffrey out almost outside of my top five running backs when I'm going to go into Ooh. ranking. Like, Ooh, I know I that's harsh, but like now it's like, I need to see you have a healthy season. Well, I'll ask years. you, I'll ask you, does, does he fall below Austin Eckler? Let's just say everything stays the same in the, and the chargers don't add any significant, you know, contributors in the, in the backfield with Eckler. Would you take Eckler over Christian McCaffrey? I think I would. See, I, I would still. When you look at what McCaffrey was able to do when healthy, that that's this, that's this, the thing. I know we're not and I, living and I in that reality are. anymore. We're not living there. We're in a different multiverse where now he is not as strong. Like he, we have to look. Don't at start with the multiverse. Don't start <laughs> with the multiverse because now it opens up far too many damn potential. Storyline, Sam. Damn it. We don't um, know. We don't know which McCaffrey we're going to get. Smoking. This could be a variant McCaffrey that we have to deal with for another couple of years. 
1.21 gigawatts. We got to go back in time and keep talking about when Christian McCaffrey was easily the number one player on your draft board unanimously. No, but we um, can't live in the past when we have to predict for the future. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. If you want to go ahead and and say that, I mean, it's easy to have. If you now you have that durability argument though, right? So yeah. I mean, if you if you want to go ahead and drop him in your rankings because of two years in a row now where he's struggled to stay on the football field. Yeah. I can't blame anybody. No, you can't. And they're my rankings. You can have your rankings. <laughs> All right, let's talk, let's talk about another running back that is questionable was within the top five of ADP, and that would have to be Dalvin Cook. I mean, this guy's obviously been playing through probably multiple injuries since the last one that he just sustained this past weekend, but and he's a beast of a back, and you know that he can absolutely handle the workload, but it's just so brutal to see him go out right now. Well, we're talking about a player who is equally as explosive as someone like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey's a little bit better. As They're both, I thought, heading into the season, to be honest with you, Sam, I was very high on Dalvin Cook and kind of thought that there was a, a, a real chance that he could finish the year as the number one running back in all fantasy formats. I really thought drafting Christian Darisau was going to be a huge impact on that offensive line over at left tackle uh, heading into the season. Now Cook has been playing through playing through injuries, but you know it's we've seen we saw those durability issues back through the first two seasons of his NFL career, right? Then he kind of stayed healthy and he looked great. He was a top top six back in PPR formats and now he's back to being dinged up. I just think it's the nature of the position. And I mean I want to ask you because we'll get to Derrick Henry here in a second. Mm -hmm. um, but is it something where it's going to change your philosophy at all? Heading, if you're at the top of the draft board, like it, I still feel like it's going to apply though, that the first couple rounds, you're going to be able to get what you like a guarantee of volume at the running back position. And you're not going to be able to get any sort of, like comfort level, yeah, you'll get some nice tickets if you go ahead and load your team with wide receivers, quarterback, tight end in the first three or four rounds and go zero running back. But if you're picking it two next year, do you really still pass on on any of these guys to take Devontae Adams or any other like stud wide receiver? Or, I mean, maybe in Superflex you take a quarterback or something like that, but do you really still feel comfortable passing on the stud running backs when you're picking at the top of your draft board? Well, I mean, <laughs> to begin this season, we can talk a little bit about this now since you brought it up, but um, obviously we had both pushed very different draft strategies going into this season. I front loaded running backs in the majority of the drafts that I had in redraft this season. My dynasty leagues were already spoken for, um, but this season more than L any other before I'm really going to probably pivot and push zero RB next season just because of consistency at the position. Yes, I agree. You know, when he's dominant and hundred percent healthy, you can't argue to why you wouldn't want to have Dalvin cook on your team. I have him in several teams and I am going to barely maybe scrape into the playoffs. And I know that I did have really strong drafts. So it's, it's tough when you look at, you know, you have the retrospective of looking back at where you drafted them and then this season and maybe going forward. But 
just the amount of running backs that are having success that were not a part of this top five, that are not a part of the main top end of the draft. I mean, I was able to survive in a league with Cordero Patterson as a running back. Like, he was not a blip on a radar for me going into this draft season. We didn't talk about Cordero Patterson this No, offseason. we did not. Like, there are plenty of other players that are surpassing their expectations where you drafted them. Leonard Fournette has had a decent season as well. He is, you know, a running back to flex, running back depending on your league format. That has made your week in a lot of weeks. Made James my Conner. week last weekend. I doubled the score of the player that I beat this weekend because I started Patterson and Fournette as my top two running backs. Like, that's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, James Conner we're talking about, too. I mean, James so Conner. So you've got plenty of guys that – and then with all the running back injuries that the Ravens had, I I was someone that had every single running back off the Ravens, and every time one went down, I had picked them up, and then they fell back down, and it was just like, I should stop picking up these running backs. Like, am I doing this? Am I jinxing this position? What is happening? See, <laughs> it felt personal. But for every James Conner and Leonard Fournette and, you know, one that you hit on, if you if you miss it running back when you go run zero running back, it can get ugly really fast. And yeah, you can play the injury game and like you said, maybe target, you know, target the handcuffs, quote unquote. If you are actually able to appropriately diagnose who the right handcuff is. I mean, we talked about Trey Sermon, right? As a really nice target for a zero running back uh type of draft strategy heading into the year. And yeah. Trey Sermon ended up not being a factor, and nope. Raheem Mostert went down in week one. Like, it ended up being Elijah Mitchell, who is really, really, I think he's probably been the biggest fantasy surprise yeah. of this year. I mean, granted, I he's missed a little bit of time with injuries as well. Shocker. But, you know, Mitchell's probably been the biggest surprise of all the fantasy backs, um, given that he saw opportunity so early and he was really off of everybody's radar. Uh, and that's going to apply when it comes to a bunch of other running backs that you are trying to take chances on later in drafts. Michael Carter has also started to come along, the the rookie from North Carolina for the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, remember those, uh, you know, draft day risers and fallers, though, like Sony Michelle and, and Tyson Williams and stuff like that. Um, you know, those are also kind of come to come to mind, come to play. And but zero running back is certainly not a dead strategy. And no, it's it's with an, it's not a dead strategy. But if anything, it's kind of convinced me to give it a try in more leagues this coming season. There we go. I, you, thank you for joining the bandwagon. Welcome. I'm just getting one ticket for one stop and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but let's talk quickly about Derrick Henry before we move over to sure. the Cowboys versus Saints. Obviously, Derrick Henry, a, you know, he, easily first ballot Hall of Famer when he does eventually get there. He's just completely changed the way you look at the position just because of his size, his ability to and speed with that and all that he can do there. But it's just, you know, he went down and now... I don't think the Titans even know how to have a successful offense without him there. Well, it doesn't help that AJ Brown and Julio Jones are also out Dinged of the up. lineup, right? Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's really unfortunate for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans who, you know, 
got off to such a such a great start and appeared to be running away with their division and now with just it feels like strictly because of injuries they're really struggling to to find the win column and now they're looking in their rearview mirror and the the Indianapolis Colts are on their on their bumper they're on their ass they're honking their horn for the Tennessee Titans to get out of the left lane so they can pass them so <laughs> i mean it's it's unfortunate though cuz Derrick Henry we talked about how Christian McCaffrey is one of the best overall weapons in the National Football League. Derrick Henry's a different breed. He's yeah. he's also one of the best offensive weapons in the league, arguably the best non-quarterback because he's just able to dominate in a game in a throwback way that you just don't see in today's NFL. He's just built different and when he's not there, it's hard to know what the identity is of the Tennessee Titans. I know that they've got Dante Foreman and Dontrell Hillard who, you know, they had Adrian Peterson for like a week. For like a like. half second. <laughs> yeah. For a half second. They, they hit him with the U up call. He yeah. shows up and then he's, you know, gone two weeks later. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough sledding out there for like a, a mid thirties running back, but um, definitely. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, their offense is going through an identity crisis and it's, crisis and it's hard. it's pretty easy to understand why because of exactly just how unique his skill set is and how different this offense looks without him it it looks night and day different and like you said they have just been completely bitten by injuries this year and to lose not just their top running back but their top two receivers I it's no surprise that they're struggling it's just brutal that compared to like Dalvin Cook having Alexander Madison as an Im immediate someone that you can go to to slot in as a handcuff for mm -hmm. him there. Derrick Henry does not have that. There is not, I don't know that they're going to make another person like Derrick Henry to really actually fill his shoes or someone they could pick up someone in the offseason that's going to do that because he is just that dominant and that big of a playmaker. Um, but it's just it's just brutal to think of where you where you drafted him. Obviously, him going out in week eight with injury, and then so we didn't we haven't seen him since. It's just um, he's someone though that maybe just because of his sheer size and the way that, and the way that he runs, he won't fall out of my top five rankings for next season. You know, it's it's really telling how dominant Derrick Henry was this year because when he went down with his injury the next two weeks he was still the number one <laughs> overall running back across all fantasy formats as, as far as scoring goes and that's that's a guy that doesn't really catch a whole lot of passes in ppr it's it's insane what he was what he was doing in what may have been what appeared to be a probably single season rushing record type of trajectory um, yeah and well, but Derrick Henry, I, I, I'm fully confident he'll be back next year. And I, there's definitely a case to be made that he should be the number one overall pick. Um, and I, to be honest with you, that's kind of where I stand uh, unless we get a lot of different information. And, you know, him and Jonathan Taylor is going to be an interesting debate as far as who should go number one overall. I completely agree. I think that's going to be a really hard debate that a lot of people are going to go back and forth on next season. Um as far as which of those two would be number number one. I mean, dynasty purposes, if you're starting a dynasty league, I would, I would still maybe go Taylor. Yeah. No, so. it's definitely Taylor. It's Taylor. It's 100% Taylor. It's Taylor. <laughs> it's Taylor. Well, Najee, Najee Harris is kind of like, 
in that conversation too. He's in the conversation too, but, but Taylor's uh, Taylor's that dude. Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely agree. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about the Thursday night matchup Cowboys versus the saints. Very excited to do it again with Winview games. We really appreciate them. I'm going to be adding to the stream. So you guys can see my screen here and we can go through all of these fun questions that they have. There are 10 questions across the board and Tate can go ahead and explain uh, the one shot risk free when we get to it in each of these questions, but let's go ahead and kick it off. The number one is Dallas wins this game by seven or more points. I'm going to say no, they're on the road. Dallas has been struggling, Sam. I mean, like there's a lot of little red dots next to a lot of players that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I mean, it looks like CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are both going to be available. So I have got a, I've got out next to CeeDee Lamb on mine, but might just be the one that I'm looking at. Are you looking on uh, Sleepa? No. Is that where you're looking? No. Well, I'm – now you've got you- me concerned. Now now you've got me concerned. I'm going and checking my fantasy lineup right now. I've got I've got nothing next to him. It looks like he's – yeah, he'll return on tomorrow uh, tonight. So Okay. Not a big deal. That's fine. Um, so the point being, though, is Dak Prescott has looked like a completely different quarterback with Cooper and Lamb in the lineup as opposed to when they've been unavailable. I Although do. I do think Dallas is probably going to win this football game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, the Saints can play some defense. And, you know, Taysom Hill, he pre- presents a lot of – game planning issues for defensive coordinators because of his athleticism. So I, and the saints are at home. So for that reason, I'm going to say no. So you don't think I, I agree with the home part. That's also kind of what tipped me in the other direction on this one to say that Dallas wins by seven or more. That's a no for me as well. Um, I just, I think this, the saints can be kind of sneaky with their defense as well. And even if they're having some offensive struggles they're I feel like their defense, um, can maybe capitalize on a few mistakes from Dak should he have them. So I agree with you there. I'm going to go no as well. And we'll go on to number two. Both teams combined to score 49 or more points in this game. That's that feels high. It does feel a little bit high. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. Um, I I feel like both offenses have shown significant signs of struggling in recent weeks. Um, Although this one feels like more information is it's like two like it's to be determined because Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara could possibly be back. Uh, they have not been anything official on those two. Mm-hmm. You got the first start of the season under center for Taysom Hill. Then you on the flip side of the coin, like we were just talking about, the Cowboys get back their two starting wide receivers. So could this be a higher scoring game than what we've seen in recent weeks from these two teams? Yes, but I'm going to go with like the recent information and a lot of moving parts. And I'm going to say no, because it's a pretty, pretty high um, total points to try to achieve off of all of these moving parts. I agree. I think there's too many question marks that would give me more confidence for a big high scoring game. All right. Number three, Pollard records 12 or more rushing attempts in the game. always so tricky with this. Uh, I'm going to say no. I mean, he's only gone over 12 rushing attempts once all season. So for that reason, he's gotten to 10 a bunch. So if it was 10, I'd have a harder time. I'd probably say yes, but that 12 makes it to where I'm going to lean. No. Yeah. He did actually have um, 
two weeks over 12. So in week, tw- in week two, he had 13 and in week five, he had 14. But I agree. It's kind of been up, up and down aside from those as well. So last week he did have 10, but then he had seven the week before and then 11 and then four. So I agree. I don't know that he's going to hit the 12 mark. So I'm going to say no as well. On that one. It's, it, the only thing that makes it a little bit tempting is that Zeke is a little bit banged up. I yeah. mean, it looks like he's going to be available, but it, the fact that he's a little banged up, does he see a few more touches than normal? That's the thought process. Um, I mean, maybe uh, a couple, but like you said, if they're going to be getting their wide receivers back, then maybe they're going to be playing more of a passing game situation. Right. And this, and isn't, this isn't 12 total touches. It's 12 rushing attempts. So yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Agreed. Number four, either team rushes for two or more touchdowns in the game. That I'll say yes. Um, I think that Taysom Hill could easily run one in tonight, right? Definitely, yeah. And then if Kamara's back, could find Kamara getting on, getting one in on the ground, and I, you know, definitely could see Zeke punching one or two in or something like that from short distance. And also, Dak can do some stuff with his legs. So I'll say yes, even though it's, I mean, two is a little bit tricky in a lower scoring game from what I'm predicting, but I could see both teams being capable of scoring too. Yeah, and I mean, you're also taking into consideration that Taysom Hill could run one in, and then maybe one of their running backs can run it in. So there's there's a mix of scenarios here that, you know, it's four quarters of play, so it's not that crazy to rush in two touchdowns and then still keep it a low-scoring game. Do you want to use your one-shot risk-free on this one? No. You no. do like to save it. You do like to save it. But then remember last time it happened where it got to the end, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to use it now. Like, you should use it's- it sooner. Nope, nope. My gut's telling me, hold it. Hold. Hold. Okay. Hold. We're holding. We're holding. <laughs> Number five, both teams combine to pass for 500 or more total yards. Mm. I mean, Dak, I think over the last four weeks has been averaging 300 yards through the air. So about, yeah. I mean, granted, he had one 400-yard game that kind of fluffed up that average. I'm going to say no. I, 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 You know, Taysom Hill – I don't see him torching the secondary. Um, I mean, and Dak, I mean, while I think Dak will probably get around 250, uh, I'm not, he would probably have to carry that total for them to hit that 500 yard mark. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, I agree. I think because this feels like a very uneven scale of trying to contribute to this 500 number with Taysom Hill under center for the saints. I'm going to agree with you and go no. Cause I mean, it, even if Dak has a fantastic game, that still is a lot of ground to make up for Taysom to get to that number. So I agree. I'm going to go no on that one as well. I mean, when we're taking a look at like what Taysom Hill did during his four starts under center from 2020, cause it was, that's really what we have to go by. He did go over 200 yards on three of those four starts. The only issue is, is that he never topped 300. So that's where you can kind of expect that he's going to get maybe around 230. But again, that would mean that Dak has to torch this um, this New Orleans secondary. Definitely. All right, number six, Dallas scores 17 or more points in any quarter of the game. That feels high for the type of score we're trying to predict here. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to say no. That's a lot of points in one quarter. It's possible, but I'm going to say no. Yeah, I agree there. You let me know when you want to use that risk-free one shot. I know. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. All right. All right. Uh, Number seven, which team wins time of possession? 
Yeah, Dallas or is, the Saints. I'm saying Dallas, and I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah, I agree. Going on to number eight, New Orleans rushes for more total yards than Dallas in this game. Yes, I'm actually going to say yes with that. In particular, if Kamara's healthy, mm-hmm. um, and not to mention Taysom Hill, I actually think that we'll see him tuck it down and run, even on called passing plays. Scramble yards still count as rushing yards. So for that reason, yeah, give me, give me the, uh, give me the Saints. All right, I agree with you on that one as well. Let's go with number nine. Any defensive player records twelve or more total tackles or two or more total sacks in the game. That two or more total sacks. I know. Uh, Dang it, when do I like myself some Micah Parsons? Um, yeah. Mm, two sacks is aggressive, and twelve total tackles is high. Uh, I'm gonna. Are they say both no. just too high? I'm gonna say that they're for me. They're both too high. Um, okay. So I'm give me the no, and I, I guess we'll have to use the uh, the risk free on the next one, or or we can use it right now. To hell with it. Just yep. No, nope, sure. let, let's let's go with it now, and then we can ex- you can explain to our lovely listeners and viewers what the risk free one shot is. Generally, what so when it comes to win view and how you score points. If you get the question wrong, you lose those points. It like counts against you. So what it does is you want to go ahead and wager as high as you can to make sure that if you miss the question, that it doesn't count against you. That's what that risk-free does. It alleviates that ability to have negative points that count against yourself. Yep. And we love them for that. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks. Wendy. Thanks for throwing us one, Winby. We appreciate it. All right. The last question to finish this off. The Saints kick for two or more successful field goals in the game. I'll say yes on this one. Um, I think that the Saints will be able to move the ball between the 50 or between the 20s. Uh, could they have some issues trying to punch it in, in the red zone with, you know, Taysom Hill under center? Are there some missed drives that stall in the red zone? Possibly. So for that, I'll go ahead and say, yes, they do kick two field goals tonight. Oh my gosh. I had to look. Cause I mean, how often are we doing kicker stats? Probably not as often as we apparently should. <laughs> um, but Will Lutz is obviously out for the season and they've got replacement kicker, Brett Maher, who did not have a single field goal last week. And before that, he only had one field goal um and two extra points so i can see why now they're putting this question in there because they're like can he kick two or more field goals <laughs> which is brutal uh way to call out a guy man um i know you're you're, you're killing this guy i mean oh ouch I mean, it feels mean but i kind of want to say no <laughs> just based on this i mean that, that's brutal. it also helps that they're in the dome so the kicking conditions will be nice about as good as they get so yeah fine though that's fine no, I mean, hey, like you said, they're in a dome. I, I forgot that little tidbit, and that is very key. It makes it much, much easier on the kickers there. So I'll agree with you. I'll go, yes, they can throw, put in two yeah. or more successful field goals. All right. Wait. Thank you so much for playing. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Again, guys, please go to winview.tv slash doc. Check out the graphic. It's got all the info for you there. They will be matching $100 deposit when you first start to play with WinView games. It is a lot of fun. We enjoy them over there, and we appreciate them for being a sponsor of our show. 
very, very much. Tate, any last minute notes to mention as people are trying to set their lineups this week with the running backs in question or anything else? No. Good luck navigating the wasteland, folks. Later says the tater. That that was brutal, and I don't want to end that way. Um, but guys, Positivity. I said good luck. <laughs> good luck, guys. At us, go ahead over to the Discord. On if you're a member at uh, drrota.com, you can head over to the company Discord, and everyone will be answering your questions live there. So jump on, and you will have full analyst analysis and questions answered immediately in real time on discord if you want to get questions answered see i lined it up for a plug and you just full said analyst time. full analyst analysis yeah i, mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't said it better uh, i probably could have but probably, i have, but. i haven't had coffee in like two months so i'm still <laughs> struggling <laughs> all good fantastic all right. but no in, in all seriousness though week 13 playoff time or the playoff push Good luck this week. Uh, hopefully you're not playing in week one of your playoffs and don't have some of your main guys available. But if you are, definitely good luck. You might need it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. 